We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I'm proud of our guys. I think it was a workmanlike win. It was a team win. Uh, it, wasn't, it wasn't pretty, but our defense stepped up in a big way. I mean, November, December football is just finding a way to win, to get in the playoffs. That's, that's what it's all about right now. Some of them going to be ugly, some of them going to be pretty, but a win is a win. Early in the season, we weren't executing to the standard that we needed to be, so now we all know that, and we was lacking trust, and we didn't realize it, so we all talked about it, gathered around. And it's still stuff that we're working through right now, so, I mean, it's just coming down to the point of us actually trusting each other, and I think that we're taking a step forward in that each day. It's Jackson to the edge. Lamar Jackson into the end zone for a Ravens touchdown. Oh! Intercepted Marlon Humphrey with a pick. Humphrey. Ending the Panthers' hopes with his third interception of the year. Evans rush four again. Mayfield looking over the end. Oh, intercepted! Deflected and intercepted. Jason Pierre-Paul with the pick off the Broderick Washington deflection. Welcome into the Ravens post-game show. We are simulcasting on YouTube and Facebook. This is the Ravens Vault podcast in post-game form. Ravens are Week 11 winners, 13-3 over the Carolina Panthers. Baltimore improves to 7-3 overall. Still remains atop the AFC North. We got a lot to dive into today. It's on to Jacksonville, obviously, next weekend. But first and foremost, before we dive into all the content and all the takeaways and really the ugliness too on one side of the football, man, I've missed you. I thank you so much for handling business. There was literally zero drop off. Unsurprisingly, I've been gone for 10 days. I'm back now. I had a great European getaway. And uh, the fact that you were able and willing to put in the work that you did to keep the vault going meant a lot. I missed you. How are you? <laughs> I missed you too. I'm feeling really, really good that you're back. <laughs> I, I love it. I love that you're back. And I'm, I've been getting the texts and checking up on Instagram. It looks like you had a blast, which you deserved. I'm so glad you got that time away. Thank you. Tell everybody yeah, we, where you were though. You weren't just in Spain. You like went everywhere. Yeah, we covered good ground. You know, I have this like weird thing when I get to somewhere I haven't been before, I can't stay any still for the slightest. And like, I just, I'm so curious, you know? So I think we did, you know, six cities, three countries, 10 days, some solo, some of which was solo traveling, lots of sleepless nights and hostel stays if you were following along on Instagram, but met some incredible people, had an awesome time. I know you had your 
European getaway over the summer. It's just a different way of life. It's a, it's an awesome way of life. It's a slower pace. Somebody like us and myself has a tough time with that sometimes, but no, it was just great to get away. And I, I really, really appreciate all the work you did on the back end. So uh, thank you. And I think with that, we could talk about this for hours, but, and we will uh, another time offline, but I think we got to dive into this game because a win is a win, as they say, but I feel like that was on a whole new level today because this was some ugly football by both teams, great defense on both sides of the football, but the offensive output and display by Baltimore coming off a bye week where they've been super, super under John Harbaugh, really successful coming off the bye. And, and they obviously remain the, that way coming off with a win today. But that type of football is just it's been ugly and, and it's it's shown up and it's in their losses this year, too. Yeah, I mean, this they, they won by 10. Right. So. Uh, you weren't here for for previews, but I predicted the Ravens would would win by ten. But I said it'd be twenty seven to seventeen, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> not, yeah. not thirteen to three. So you and everyone uh, else, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you obviously are happy for that that ten point win. Um, I I don't know. Somebody asked me on Twitter, like, are you concerned with the offense? And for me to become concerned, it needs to be a pattern. And there have been, like, to me, the pattern with the Ravens offense is just like this up and down team. It's just been so up and down. So this is one of these those downs. The two games before this one, the offense put up 27 points. And so so do I feel like the, the Ravens offense is going to be stuck in neutral? No. From what I understand, they, they according to reports, um, uh, I'm trying to remember who did it. it. Was somebody from the NFL Network said that the Ravens went ahead and decided to err on the side of caution with Gus Edwards. Right, Gus Edwards in the offense makes everything different. That means this this you can actually run, you can open things up. I mean, that's why Demarcus Robinson was open all day long, is they were just clogging the middle and it was working. And so that left Demarcus Robinson open on the outside, and the Ravens kept having to hit on the outside and. You know, this and that. So to me, the offense just seemed to me that they were playing down to their competition. Sometimes you can play up to your competition. Sometimes your competition's even. The offense to me just played down. It just seemed like there was never really any fire. I think if you're looking for the positive, and this goes to both the offense and defense, but if you're looking for the positive in the offense is, listen, the Ravens have had troubles in in the fourth quarter. Obviously, that was like the big Achilles um heel that was the problem with the Ravens and so today on defense the whole fourth quarter was I think it was punt force fumble interception turnover I I I had it right here but it's they 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 basically had a, a turnover let me see here it's fumbled downs interception interception that's how the defense ended hello yeah I wanted to fix yeah. those fourth quarter wo woes that's a great start on the offensive side of the fourth quarter there was nothing going on really, but then it was a field goal, then touchdown. Then they had two punts because they were trying to like drain the clock, which again, they couldn't do without Gus bus. So I'm not raising it to the level of concern, but is the offense something to watch? Absolutely. That was just a, nothing was working and nothing. It just didn't seem like there was any fire. Nothing was going on until that fourth quarter. Here's Harbs on all of that. Great win. Um, this guy right here again. Came up big, D-Rob, making many plays. I was going to give him a game ball, but he just got the one last week, so we'll have to see. But he just played great again. But I'm proud of our guys. I think it was a workmanlike win. It was a team win. Uh, it, wasn't, it wasn't pretty. 
But our defense stepped up in a big way. I mean, controlling the run and getting the turnovers. Offense was able to maintain time of possession. Uh, we, we could have done better at the end of the fourth quarter to put it away, certainly. But I thought they were they got the, 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 the key score in the fourth quarter that separated us. That was big. And then uh, special teams was solid. So what questions do you have? Um, yes, that November, December football is just finding a way to win, to get in the playoffs. That's, that's what it's all about right now. Some of them going to be ugly. Some of them going to be pretty. But a win is a win. For those of you tuning in via our live stream here, which of course it'll be, it'll be available tomorrow in audio only form. Jonas Schaefer tweeted out that, you know, the defense's final four drives. This game was won and closed out by the Ravens defense, the fumble forced by Marcus Peters, which initially Sarah was ruled as the player down shockingly. And then they were able to, to correct that right then and there. One of many sort of like head scratcher calls and we'll get to Jerome Boger's crew in just a bit. And also remind me to talk about the Fox broadcast viewing <laughs> entertainment quality or lack thereof. Cause I got some thoughts on that coming up, but then after the forced fumble by Marcus Peters, you had the turnover on downs, just a great defensive sequence, four plays minus five yards, then the pick by Marlon Humphrey. And then the ultimate closeout pick from JPP up front defensively. So, you know, Sarah, it wasn't all that long ago that Mike McDonald was under the microscope being heavily criticized nationally, regionally, locally. He has really settled in well and top down. This group is playing really, really well. We don't know where Kyle Hamilton came out of this game. Physically speaking, both he and Ronnie Stanley left the game and would not return with respective injuries. So that'll be something to monitor, which we will over the course of, of this week. But it's, it was just a, a defensive stamp on this one. The defense is looking elite, elite. I, I, I would go higher until I want to see against, um, you know, those, again, those Ray Lewis, Ed Reed days, it was like you, they went up against like Peyton Manning and still played well. And they went up against Tom Brady and they still played well. So I'm waiting to see what this now Roquan Smith in the middle defense looks against a more formidable offense, but they did exactly what you're supposed to do to a Baker Mayfield offense. Okay. They did exactly what you're supposed to do to a Carolina Panthers already in rebuilding mode in the midseason, And that was just shut them down. They gave up one field goal. Um, so I, I mean, it just, Listen, the defense was already, I feel like they were already getting better before Roquan came, right? They were slowly getting better. But Roquan absolutely has just put the whole puzzle together. You had this beautiful looking puzzle. Couldn't get quite the final piece. Have you ever done a puzzle and you're missing that piece? You start looking on the floor. You're like, where's that piece? Where's the piece? And then you find the piece and it just... Ooh, it feels so good to push it in. And it just like, it just completes it. That's what Roquan Smith is. And again, Patrick Queen was playing better, but now he's playing out of his mind, out yeah. of his mind. And he even said, he's like, listen, Roquan Smith gives these defenses another threat to look at. And he's like, now you got to handle two of us. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. It's looking good having these two right next to each other. Cause Patrick Queen, he got all the glory today. Um, but luckily he gave it up to both Roquan and the rest of the defense, but my goodness, he led, he led the defense with, I believe 12 tackles. Let me see here. Let's get his lineup here. Nine Patrick of Queen which leads, were solo, you know, nine of which were solo. He had the half sack shared yeah. with, uh, Houston. 
Yeah. Uh, he had As Justin the continues for, his climb, right? Up, yeah, up yeah the list. exactly. <laughs> he had the one tackle for loss. And then there was one hit. I can't remember if it was the first or second drive. It was early in the game that he hit the running back so hard. I thought at first it was Roquan. I was like, oh yeah. no, that was PQ. That was PQ. I mean, yeah. And then just like the the fire afterwards, you know he will, he's the type of guy that wants to like get up and hits the helmet and this and that. Oh yep. man, Roquan has really put this defense over the top so far. Like I said, we gotta wait till we play against more elite offenses, sure. but they did exactly what they were supposed to do tonight. You have two duos that are developing. One's already been developed and established. But okay, now there's now. two duos. You know, there's two defensive duos within this organization that are super, super exciting, entertaining, and impactful. Marcus and Marlon are the ones that's that's already established. I'm not saying that Roquan and Patrick aren't established players, but they haven't played together before. And it's only two games in. And yes, we know one of the opponents is certainly far from a playoff contending team in Carolina. But those two duos, they're going to be a problem. And the way that Patrick is playing with such force and confidence and he's playing free, he's playing free yeah. and fast. And it seems like Mike knows when to press the right buttons, when to send them. And Patrick knows how to finish. <laughs> and it's just been a lot of fun. And I think sometimes with Patrick over the years, he hasn't been able to finish tackles. He's really been wrapping guys up. That's one thing I yeah. noticed today and in recent weeks as well. So there's two duos, no more, Sarah. <laughs> no more arm tackles, man. Just yeah. make these guys regret coming into any part of the field that you're at. Yeah, I totally agree with the two duos. Here's what's nice about it. Um, is I love it when the players that the Ravens invest a lot in, whether it's cap dollars or draft picks, I love it when what they invest in wins you games. So Marcus Peters and Marlon Humphrey are the two highest paid players on defense. Um, they're, they're in the top four of, of everybody being paid. So Lamar's paid the most, then it's Marcus Peters, then it's Ronnie Stanley, and then it's Marlon Humphrey. That's, those are all great investments. And we're going to get into Ronnie Stanley here in a minute with the, with the ankle injury update, but you invest all that money into Marcus Peters and Marlon Humphrey. And they're the ones that closed it out in the fourth quarter. Also, Broderick Washington and JPP need need a little love, but I think that they were going to close it out before then. So Marcus Peters with that strip, which by the way, at first it felt like Marcus wasn't tackling. So I don't know what happened there, but all of a sudden he's like, oh yeah, let me keep playing. And then while I'm at it, let me just strip the ball. So Marcus yeah. sets it off in the fourth quarter with that. And then Marlon gets the, the interception and they robbed Marlon, by the way. Jerome yes, Boger did. and this crew, man, they got it out. I don't know if they're just terrible or they got it out for the Ravens or both, but what a terrible day for them. And we'll get into that more, but they robbed Marlon of his, his uh, touchdown. But anyway, he gets, he gets the interception next, but you put all that money into them and it's paying off. You put money into Ronnie Stanley. That's paying off. Hopefully they put more money into Lamar and that'll pay off. But, and then you put draft picks into Patrick Queen. That's paying off. You make a big move, invest a second and a fifth rounder into Roquan Smith. That's paying off. You want to see these big moves. The Ravens don't make big money moves all the time, but when they do, you want to see it pay off with these guys right here. You know, what's really going to empower them from a philosophical standpoint about what they're putting money into and what they're not is if a guy like Demarcus Robinson continues to stack games like he is right now offensively at the wide receiver position, because 
He didn't get a game ball today because he got one in new Orleans on Monday night football. Like literally that's the reason John just likes to spread the the love around, spread the ball around pun intended. Uh, He should have gotten a game ball today. Obviously he finished with a game high nine receptions for 128 yards. He was targeted nine times. He caught all nine footballs. He had a long of 31. I guess where I'm going with this, just based on it popped up in my head when you were talking about these investments, we know that the Ravens have, chosen to steer away from what these other teams have done in terms of finding that true number one wide receiver and paying market value for him. They haven't chosen to do that. They've chosen to go on th- go through the draft. They've chosen to get these team friendly veteran type guys that come in over the years. Willie Sneed, Sammy Watkins, Demarcus Robinson have been recent names. Well, neither one of those guys, Sarah, can I remember them putting up a game like tonight, like today for Demarcus Robinson and what he did. He was reliable. He was consistent. He got yak. Wow. Got his feet in bounds. He gets his feet in bounds. Yeah. That was incredible. Yeah. He's a great route runner. That play that you're referring to right there on the, the, I believe it was on the left near sideline inside M&T Bank Stadium, somehow finds a way to toe tap. He he's looking really good and he's looking like he's got more left in the tank. Most importantly though, he's looking like with Rashad Bateman down for the rest of this year. Can he be that replacement? It sure looks like it through a couple games. Yes, I agree with everything you're saying. Today, he looked like wide receiver one. And I'm very happy for that. And that's a great um, development. And I hope it continues. He's done it down for two games. And he deserves his flowers. I don't want, I don't want the overall feeling about not investing in the wide receivers hamper us celebrating what he's done in the last two games and what he's doing. And I love that he's developing this chemistry with, with Lamar. I mean, really it was just Lamar to, to Mark Andrews and Demarcus um, Robinson for most of the game. That's also because people are throw are dropping balls. Proche. I'm looking at you, uh, Ricard, who shouldn't be out with too many <laughs> receiving routes, looking at him, but that would have been called back anyway. Uh, who else dropped one? I feel like there were more drops. Kenyon Drake um, had a drop in there. Kenyon Drake, that should have gone for a touch. At least, I mean, could have been in for a touchdown. You never know. But yeah, those yeah. drops. So anyway, point being, I'm very, very pleased with the Demarcus Robinson development, and I and we and the Ravens need it to continue. That being said, it's not gonna. I, I'm still concerned about playoffs. I am. I, I don't think they have enough for the playoffs at the wide receiver position. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe once Gus gets back and JK gets back and the tight ends are really moving, maybe, maybe once the offense starts, here's the, this is the question. If this offense, the way it's built plays their a game in the playoffs, was that enough for a super bowl or will even an a game with this offense and the way it's designed, will even the a game not work. And that's what I'm hoping we find out during the playoffs. But for me, I'm still wish that they would go after OBJ, but that's not going to stop me from celebrating Demarcus Robinson. That was a great game. Sure. Two games in a row. Let's keep it getting stacked. Yeah. And I'll even add one layer to that with the whole, how this team performs in the postseason conversation that you were kind of alluding to there against the AFC elites, not the Carolinas of the world. Mm-hmm. What will today's performance look like? Can you expect a stellar defensive performance against Patrick Mahomes and the chiefs, Josh Allen and the bills? Three points? Probably not. 
Can they stack four quarters against those teams? Yeah, you'd like to think so. Like they're really starting to gel and, and put together four quarter games. But this is against a Carolina team that is far from a postseason contender. So I'm with you. I'm 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 not sure. I bring up the Demarcus conversation because it's it's just very encouraging and great to see. But we don't. I think we both can agree we don't know if it's sustainable down the stretch, much less in a postseason game. Well, in the meantime, while we're talking about them, and I see some a nice question here with with a, a thanks attached. So we'll get to that here in a second. Yeah, we will get to the uh, Q and A portion. Yeah, and, and if you want to donate through there. the yeah. Yeah. If you want to but, donate through the super chat feature, you can do so. We'll get to the Q and a portion at the end of the stream. Right. Right. So, um, what was I going to say? Oh, so loving DeMarcus Robinson. I would like to see the ball fed to Devin Duvernay more. Maybe I'm wrong. I got the feeling that the Ravens offense and Greg Roman was not trying to pull out many tricks today. They, I feel like they came in with like a vanilla game plan thinking, we're we're not we're gonna save some save some in the vault like he's done in the past, um, but but okay I still want to see more of Devin Duvernay and speaking yeah. of Devin Duvernay I feel like in the off season we have often put Devin Duvernay and James Prochet kind of as a duo because they were drafted in the same class and it was kind of like let's give these young guys a chance let's see what they can do some fans are like don't bring in veterans because we want to see what they can do. I feel like both these guys have had plenty of opportunity. Devin Duvernay has proven, okay, Ravens got something pretty legit to the point that we're calling for him to get the ball more in his hands, put the ball more in his hands. I still think Duvernay is better when he can compliment somebody. So that's another reason why it might be good for Demarcus Robinson to step up. I thought Devin Duvernay was always better when, when Rashad Bateman was there, but if Demarcus Robinson can help, that's great. But I think it's time for – I'm going to start separating Duvernay from Prochet. Duvernay oh. is proving himself. Prochet had another drop today. I feel like that wasn't his first in recent weeks. He had the holding call on Lamar's 32-yard run. Um, he's had – Which was ticky-tack, but still. Which was ticky-tack. I got you. But he's had plenty – he's had just as much opportunity in my mind as Duvernay. There, he's been injured a little bit more than Duvernay, but the Ravens didn't sign any big names in the offseason. And so that was to give these guys opportunities. And I just haven't seen Prochet take advantage yet. And maybe he ch- turns it around because he'll have the opportunity because the Ravens don't have many other wide receivers. So he'll have the opportunity. But at some point, it's got to click like we've seen with Duvernay. It's got to click like we've seen in some games like it has with Likely. It's got to click at some point without us still saying, I feel like it's there. He's having the opportunity. Let's get, let's get it done. No, I'm, I, that ship has sailed for me. I think you, you know that I've, I've made that pretty clear. It's nothing against James himself. He just hasn't proven that he can consistently create separation, consistently win his one-on-one battles and, and be a factor. He's a non-factor, unfortunately, in this offense. And, you know, it's been unfortunate along the Devin Duvernay lines after such a, a hot start to this season it's been multiple weeks now, Sarah, where we haven't seen much of him. And, uh, you know, that's that's somewhat concerning. He just kind of vanishes in a way. And we know that he's a contributor more than just a wide receiver. You know, he's got he, he did get a first down conversion today as a running back. He got a touch there from Greg Roman. I thought that was a, a, a crafty play. And we know that he's always going to be a capable return specialist. But there's just stretches of of time, stretches of games multiple weeks now, like I said, where you're just asking yourself, where is he? 
Yeah. Yeah. And, and there is like, there was a stretch though. And this is where I think that, um, cause if we're going to talk about the offense, you know, underwhelming, we, we're calling out Prochet. I think we're, where fans can, can get frustrated with Greg Roman. And I, and I did a little bit today is just, um, uh, I'm not, I'm not so much sold that he, I, I feel like he, I feel like he's a good coordinator. I think he's a really good offensive mind. Uh, obviously can be better in the passing game, but just a stud when it comes to the running game. But the part that probably frustrates me the most is some of the situational play calling. And that bothered me today when the Ravens are trying to like play out the clock and he's calling these pass plays that Lamar gets sacked on. Yes. And takes him out of field goal range. And it's like, all we're trying to do is run out the clock. The defense has this. What are we doing dropping back and get whatever it was, an eight-yard sack, and taking taking your offense out of field goal position? Just every once in a while, or like, or you come into the game and you know it's all scripted, and it was like six plays, six passes. And it's like, this is the 25th ranked run defense. You know, like what? And I know that you don't have Gus. Um, but at the end, they really, if it weren't for the defense, they in the past couple games, the Ravens have been able, even without Gus, to tire out the defensive line once the fourth quarter came around. And that just didn't happen because the offense just it just wasn't getting going. It wasn't even like again running in that in that first one. But I mean, nothing was it wasn't really going. Functioning. It just no. wasn't functioning, yeah, at all. So, you know, you can't you can't take Greg out of that. I mean, he's a big part of that. And the other thing, I thought Lamar, I thought Lamar was accurate today. Um, where did I put his numbers? Lamar finished. Uh, he was 24 of 33, but it was just 6.3 yards per attempt. And then he had the interception that was to the defensive tackle, 330 yards. And on that one, I still want to go back and look at the all 22. Um, but to me, he looked a little locked on to Lamar. And we talked about that. I mean, Lamar locked was locked on, on to Lamar. Locked yeah, on to yeah. Mark Andrews. Um, yeah. He was a little locked on there. So the defensive tackle could even read it. And the ball was obviously a little bit low for him to grab and, and intercept it like that. So um, we had talked about when Mark was out, how Lamar had spread the ball around to 10 different targets. And, and we wanted to see that continue even when, when Mark Andrews came back. And I just didn't feel like, you know, it was as much. And again, there were some drops. There probably would have been more targets that got it. But he seemed locked in. And I need to go look at the All-22. But it did appear from the angles they showed that Josh Oliver was open. You know, yeah. so so anyway, Lamar, I thought was accurate today. Um, he ran the ball decently well. Um but it was just a sloppy. That sloppy is the offensive performance. Part of that is because there were terrible calls by by Boger's crew, but it was just sloppy. It just felt like they would start rolling, and then every time they got into Carolina Carolina territory, like it fell apart. There's like a high snap. There's a sack here. It's it's a drop what ball that there. Make you think of? What game does that make me think of? In recent memory. Giants, maybe? I don't know. Giants game. Okay. Giants right. game. I didn't know we're literally where going. They would get to the red zone and things would just implode. <laughs> yeah. Like there's organized chaos. And then there was what was happening on their offensive line. Like what? And then we saw today that some delay of games. Now, some of them were intentionally taken. Yeah. But what is going on with the lack of game management at times? I don't know if that's more about the communication 
or lack thereof between Linderbaum and Lamar or Greg Roman in the headset. I don't know where that that issue is, but clearly Lamar has shown his frustrations in recent weeks in the aftermath of some of those plays. And that that to me is what's been lingering in not only the losses, but now we've seen it. We saw for one drive too. I can remember one drive in the, in the win over new Orleans. And you're just kind of thinking to yourself, why are they looking so discombobulated right now? That's been, that's been somewhat of a trend. You, we always talk about what trends are and aren't that's been somewhat of a trend for them. Yeah. That definitely, that that one definitely definitely is where they don't, they don't get to the line of scrimmage quite early enough. Uh, And that just plays into like the sloppiness. Baltimore finished with 10 penalties for 93 yards, Carolina, one of the most penalized teams in the league, nine penalty, nine penalties and 66 yards. So again, some of those are on the officiating crew, like that suspect face mask call, which by the way, which turned one? into a terrible I'm... sequence. The face which mask, one? the face mask Chuck? they called on, on Morgan Moses. No, Chuck Clark was legit. The one on Morgan Moses that called back the first down to, oh, yeah. I think it was Justice Hill. It was either Justice Hill or Kenyon uh, Drake. And um, it had started, it was that there was that face mask. Um, and then the next play is when they rushed Lamar, sacked him into um, Ronnie. into Ronnie Stanley. And we might as well get to that now. But right before that, it was Kenyon Drake had dropped the screen pass that probably could have gone for a touchdown. So it was a combination of the Ravens' own sloppiness because Drake should have caught that and probably scored. But on the next play, then it was Boger who seemed like, or his crew, I don't remember which one called it. I need to get a better view from the views we saw that did not look like a face mask, maybe a hand to the face. Um, and then and then that, that I mean, it's just like that type of stuff where like they'd be rolling and then everything would fall apart. It just it just was sloppy. But anyway, let's get into the, the Ronnie Stanley update. Lamar, John Harbaugh didn't give any injury updates, which... For some fans, they they've got to love it because they've been screaming at him for giving the wrong update. So, uh, but Lamar Jackson did give an update. Very tough. Um, I, I went in the locker room um, after the game and I checked on him, but he said he's pretty good. He told me just don't fall into him. So it was me that hurt him. So I was I'm a little pissed off about that. <laughs> but he's good. So saw that matter. Yeah, he did kind of ram right in. I believe Morgan Moses got blown out by Brian Burns, maybe. One I of, think he wasn't even blocked. I feel like oh, Moses okay. went for somebody else, and so he was unblocked. Uh, okay. Yeah. So I, I guess the positives here, and you, you can put Kyle Hamilton in this conversation as well, is because both players were initially – now, they didn't return to the game from their respective injuries, but they were both listed as questionable. So I think we both were kind of like, okay, that's that's at least optimistic that they weren't – or encouraging that they weren't immediately ruled out of the game. but you never know how they respond to what they weren't ruled out to. So yeah, it was probably, probably, um, you know, uh, strategic by Harbaugh there to not give anything. And I'm sure, you know, the doctors will do their, their due diligence over the next 24 hours and we'll know more during his press conference. Well, and what's funny is we we've talked about before how after Harbaugh has been the head coach for since 2008. So 14 years or so. I feel like I've gotten his lingo down. I don't have Lamar's lingo down. He said that that he's good. I don't know what that means. If Harbaugh says he's good, that means it's not season ending, but I but he could still be out a couple weeks. If Lamar says he's good, I, I don't know what that means. Is he good because he's and he'll be back next week? 
Like, I, I don't know. I don't know what that means, but at least it gives you some encouragement that he at least was kind of joking a little bit and be like, man, I was the one who hurt him. And it's not really you, Lamar. I mean, you got shoved into him like by Burns. So, um, yeah. so anyway, it makes me feel a little better, but again, I don't know if that means, does, does that mean he'll still be out three or four weeks? I, I, I don't know. I have no idea. And there was Starting no update three. on Hamilton. Yeah, no update. Yeah. Uh, and he limped off the field, went into the blue medical tent, you know, was attended to by trainers. So we'll, we'll see. He's been playing great football too. And his role has been expanding, you know, within that dime nickel package that under, under Mike McDonald's leadership and talk about playing freely and fast. That's what Kyle has been doing, uh, stacking games too. So, um, you know, Hamilton has been amazing. He's been great. Yeah. Yep. Just it just seemed to click and putting him in the slot on the nickel back, it's been great yeah. for him. That one play where like a, the Carolina had to try to do a screen, and this poor slot receiver is trying to block Kyle Hamilton. Kyle's like, no, 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 no. Like I would to like my you know, 10-year-old son. Just let me push him back and yeah. I'm gonna go get this tackle real quick. He's been phenomenal, so that's why it's so tough to see him go down now. That was no, 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 um, that was no slouch of a receiver too that you were mentioning there. DJ Moore out of Maryland. Was it Moore? Who, who the Ravens wanted. <laughs> you know, a lot of Ravens country wanted him this off season uh, or leading up to the deadline. So yeah, that was a, that was a great, just a, a great play of pure strength by, by Kyle and knowing his, his opponent there in that, in that situation. But you know, one quick note about the whole, like trying to read into what Lamar says and doesn't say, which we all try to do in, in some sense. Yeah. So we can all find ourselves getting into trouble when we do that. As the internet found out this week, when someone tweeted yes. out a photo of his Instagram story saying that Lamar has had his second girl, his second baby girl. We know he's a, a girl dad to of one uh, Milan, as I found out last year <laughs> in that funny exchange that we had, but, uh, yeah, no, it's his, it's his goddaughter as he went and made sure everybody was, was, you know, he kind of like clarified on Twitter. It's his goddaughter. People just speculate. I mean, there, you know how many articles were out that Lamar, congratulations, Lamar, second daughter. Like he's just, he's probably looking at his phone. Like what? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, Could he put a little bit more context on his Instagram story? Yes. But it's just another thing. We all jump to the conclusion in this internet world, don't we? And we're so mean to each other about it because Harbaugh obviously said he was sick and he was fine, which I get it. Not everybody believes Harbaugh anymore. But again, I think it's just because people don't know how to interpret him. Uh, and he's purposely trying to be vague. Yeah, don't believe head coaches. They're trying to throw off their opponents. Um, but on this one, the way Harbaugh said it, I knew I knew he was telling the truth, like at least what he believed to be what, what the truth was, right? Sometimes he'll say what he believes to be the truth from trainers and then it changes or whatever. But I believe Harbaugh... Also because they put out the official injury report and had him down as an illness. And I was like, if this was just a personal matter, it would have said that. The injury report would have said personal matter. Do you know what I mean? They've done that many times before. So, um, but but man, Ravens fans are so mean to each other. They're like, it's not, it, he's not sick because because everybody overreacted to his illness, right? Like, even I put out a tweet that was like, oh, I feel like he gets, you know, sick once a year, by the way, which is like most every human being on the planet around this time of year, right? Yeah. Even I put that out, but then that just started a snowball 
into like dissing him. And then there's Ravens fans that are like, you cannot touch Lamar. Can't say a negative thing, even joking about his immune system, right? So then they wanted anything to defend him. So they take this daughter's story, which didn't turn out not to be true. And it's like, let's just all give each other a little bit of grace here. It's going to be okay. He had the sniffles. We're going to be all right. So, so who knows and all this, Bobby, is it, I don't know if it's possible while you're doing it, but the Ravens put up the post-game locker room and then everybody's commenting on it, that there was a Kyle Hamilton sighting and that he was um, standing up. I don't know if it's too late for you to pull that in. Is it? We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. So let's see, are you inside the lock, the post-game locker room video? Yeah, the yeah, Ravens yeah. Beat? Is that what you're referring to? Yeah, can we watch it? Yeah, let's bring it up here. Okay. Live. This is this is real time stuff that we're doing right now. Uh, and while I do this, why don't you take a question? So right, let's go up got? to our donate. We have a donation through the YouTube super chat feature. Thanks to Chike. And I'll let you take that, Sarah, as I bring this in. Um, I'm looking at it. Here we go. Here we go. Sorry. When I look into the screen, it, everything's flipped. So I couldn't read it, but it finally came up over here. Uh, Chike, thank you. First of all, appreciate that. Are you more concerned or disappointed with the way our offense played today? Also, do you think Ronnie and Kyle will be out for an extended period? So I think we just talked about Ronnie and Kyle. I, I don't know, and I don't know what you mean by extended period. If Lamar said he's good, to me that means, okay, he's not he's not out for the year. That That at least is what I take that as. He's not out for the year, and that's, you know, no doctors have spoken – 
But you never know. I mean, even Kyle, remember J.K. Dobbins was taking on Ian Rappaport at the beginning of the season? And Ian Rappaport is like, uh, he may, you know, miss a couple preseason games and he could even miss the the regular season start. And then J.K. is like, who are you talking to? What are your sources? I'm probably going to be back for the beginning of the preseason. I'm sure as heck not going to miss, you know, um, week one. And then he proceeded to miss week one. So sometimes you need to be a little careful, but if we're putting stock into what Ronnie told Lamar, to me, that means at the very least, he's not a season ender. So that's good. Kyle, I have no idea. There was no update. Sounds like he's standing up. We'll watch this here in a minute in this post-game locker room. So maybe that's a good sign. I have no idea. They said it was a knee. Felt like he was kind of reaching when he was walking off. He, to me, it looked like he was pulling at a hamstring a little bit, but I don't know. Um, okay. Am I more concerned or disappointed with the way our offense? I'd say I'm more on the disappointed side side concern to me is a pattern that is happening week in and week out. Um, that is not a pet. The last two weeks, the Ravens offense put up 27 points. Um, we also just talked about Lamar is coming off of an illness. So we have to look at that. Gus Edwards is not there. Um, so I'm not concerned yet outside of my major, my main concern, which is do they have enough weapons in the playoffs when, once it comes playoff time? So, uh, but no, them scoring 13 points week in and week out. I don't foresee that right now, but if it becomes more of a pattern, then I'll become concerned right now. I've just, I'm like, let's, let's keep an eye on it. Thanks for the donation. Chike again, uh, it's, it's done through the YouTube super chat feature. And if you're interested in asking a question or just supporting out what we're supporting, what we're building here on the Ravens vault podcast, uh, you can do so as well. You know, a few bucks goes a long way, of course. All right. So as Sarah uh, asked for, we have the John Harbaugh post-game locker room conversation here just a moment ago that was put out by the organization on the back end of this. If you're listening to this in the days ahead on the podcast, audio only version, you can go to the Ravens Twitter account to actually see this. Or you can go over to our YouTube page and check it out at the 37-minute mark. Here's Hartz. That team we just played is a determined football team, right? All right, they, they, they gave us everything we got. It's a physical football team. It's a damn good defense. And they gave us our best shot. We're coming off a bye, and we found a way to win the game. That's not an easy game to win coming off a bye. You all agree? All right, that's a tough game to win coming off a bye. And you guys just found a way to get it done. You just kept grinding. You kept pounding the rock and, you, and made plays at the end. Now, offensively, I mean, you fought your asses off and you got it done when we had to, and there's so many things we can do better. You agree? Yes, so many things we're going to do better. All right, but I'll tell you, the way you fought and the way you kept, you kept coming, and then and when we had the opportunity to close the game at the end, you guys closed the game at the end. I got a feeling that play, um, was it uh, KD? That run at the end, that might, be, that might be a closer play. It's definitely in the conversation, all right? But we got some game balls. But the game, game ball's got to go. The, the defensive, we'll have game balls, and I got guys got the turnovers. JPP with the pick. Yeah. Yeah. Ronnie grabbed the ball down, right? Marcus Peters with a strip, huge. And then what was the other one? Marlon, right? Marlon. Marlon with a pick too. Marlon with a pick too. So those are that's, those are big. So we talked about time of possession, which is a team uh, stat, and we won the time of possession. And we talked about winning the turnover battle was going to be the key. And you guys got it done. You got the thing done that had to get done. So uh, Mike McDonough, if you accept this for the defense for that performance, that'd be awesome. Okay, and then you know what I think? I know I think we need a speech from. I need a speech from Chuck Clark right now. Purple Heart, right here. Hey man, we fought a tough game, bro. We just came out. We did. What we had to do off the bye week. 
But um, let's stack and let's go get better next week. What we at next week? Jacksonville. I like the, I like the way you're thinking. Let's go. Let's go. Come on, bring it up. Hey, family on three. Family on three. One, two, three. Family. Family. So that is courtesy of Ravens Productions. And hey, partner, I was like whipping through con- comments that have come in, so I didn't even. Did you see him? I saw him. I looked at him over here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What'd you see? <laughs> uh, I saw. Okay, yeah. I saw that uh, a couple people saying that maybe Lamar was affected by his illness. And, you know, I agree. That might be something. Um, oh, no, no, no. I'm sorry. Did you see Kyle in the video? Oh, I thought you said, did you see comments coming in? No, okay. no, no. I, I was oh. just busy cycling through them to get, get to ones that I hadn't yet. <laughs> and uh, I wasn't watching the screen. So did you see Kyle like everybody else did? I was like, yo, are you going to test me on reading all the comments? What's going on here? <laughs> so. I yeah, leave no, I for 10 him, days I and I come back like, time to hold her accountable. Let's go. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I was like, oh, I think I saw this. <laughs> Kyle, okay. Yeah, so I saw him in the beginning and he was just sitting there in a hoodie. Um, okay. Kind of up towards the front of where Harbaugh was talking. He was in a hoodie. So uh, he was standing there. So that's yeah. it. The point is he was standing the point, point is, is he that was he standing. was standing there and yeah. he wasn't like, yeah. Like, so I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what happens. I, I don't know. I just listen for anybody. It just, it's so gut wrenching. Uh, somebody's already taken a screen grab of it. He is standing there right next to there. He's got, he's got his hands on his hips. I don't know. We'll see. Look, right. look at us. We're trying to like, we're trying to like, deconstruct a post-game yep. locker room because we're all here you, you these guys work just so hard like on ronnie's part my goodness that original ankle injury was from 2020 so you can just imagine what was going through his head as he feels lamar roll up on the back of it and it's like this dude has been working for two years if you think we've been disappointed if you think fans have been disappointed Think about how disappointed he's been. And then he comes back and he's already playing at a Pro Bowl level. So it's yeah. like, you know, your heart goes out for him. Kyle Hamilton here, who some people are already calling him a bust as a first-round pick, which is just completely <laughs> unfair. He comes back. He finds a niche among all these safeties by being the nickelback. And then this happens. It's just like your, your heart goes out to him and you hope that they're all okay. Marlon Humphrey just tweets out within the last few minutes or so, man, that energy and M and T was electric. I appreciate the Ravens flock for rocking out with us. Let's keep going. And, uh, he was something else on that interception. Just jumped the route. Great vision, great intuition. Got three interceptions so far through what now 11 weeks, 10 games. And this is a guy who is back to, you know, Look, was he all pro in 2021? No. Was he was he terrible? Absolutely not. Like he was still uh, one of the one of the league's top cornerbacks, maybe not statistically, but boy, he's back at that all pro level from from 2020. He sure is, man. He sure is. We just need Marcus Peters to keep doing what he's doing. Marcus Peters, I hope he keeps getting faster and faster. I know he's coming back from that knee. Um Oh, it's, it's, it's a good duo, man. It's, it's a good duo. So love the defense, feeling nervous a little bit about this offense, especially here's the thing. Um, I did a live stream last week with Kadri. Um, and I had asked him who his first half MVP on offense and defense would be. Um, 
He was the Ravens and legend of the game, by the way. Q was. Q was? I missed yeah, that. Yeah, Q came out of the tunnel today. He had the shield in his hand. He looked great. So oh, shout out to Q. Oh, that makes me happy. I need video Listen of that. Listen to you guys. That was awesome. That was, it was great of him to uh, to to reunite with you. And, and that was I was I was strolling through Retiro Park in Madrid listening to you guys. So that was fun. Oh, well, I like <laughs> that. But anyway, I can't remember who he said on offense. I think he maybe said... I can't remember who I he said. I think he said Devin Duvernay. Oh, did he? Okay. I think he well, said I... Duvernay and Marlon. Didn't he? Oh, no. You said Marlon, and he said who on defense? He said Houston. Did he say Houston? <laughs> this, is how, this is how good I am at remembering stuff. Anyway, my point is, is my first half offensive MVP outside, because I, I said the caveat was you got to take Lamar off the table. Obviously, he's the MVP. I chose Ronnie Stanley. Because to me, it's from when the offensive line starts to settle in, that's when this offense takes off. And and once Marlon or Ronnie Stanley was done with the rotating, you know how they were rotating forever. Once he settled in and became that full-time left tackle starter, then the rest of the offensive line could settle in. And that's when the offense was starting to really click. So um it's huge. It's huge. I mean, if the Ravens are going to play an A game in the playoffs, to me, it requires Ronnie Stanley to be there. He's got to be there. I need him there. The Ravens need him there. Lamar needs him there. He's got to be there. Yep. And that is absolutely nothing against what Patrick McCary brings to this team. It's just oh, they're no. different. You know, they're just straight up different. And and Ronnie in the run game is different than what Patrick McCary provides as the fill-in left tackle in every other position up and down the line that he's filled in on before we get to the Q and a portion of today's stream, anything else that we want to dive into? Do we want to go into Jerome Boger's crew? Cause we've just mentioned it a couple times, but we should probably talk about a few of the key plays. One being where literally six or seven minutes of life that none of us will get back. Sarah, when Mark Andrews extended what John Harbaugh and everybody else thought was a clear first down but the spot where he stepped out of bounds, according to the officiating crew, was short of it. The chains were not moved as a result. Harbs wanted to challenge it. They went to go ahead and review it <laughs> just to say that actually, hey, partner, yeah, that's not reviewable. Yeah. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? That's so, like, 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 sure, let us go ahead and review this. Oh, we're not allowed to review this. <laughs> What are we doing? That was one of the many times where, and I've, I always say, and I always stand by this, like officials, in my opinion, officials do not decide games. They help decide games. Did they decide this one? No. Like it was that, it was that bad of a game. Like there's nobody was deciding this game besides the two teams that were playing so poorly offensively speaking. But like today they just seemed like, like that's the type of thing where that's a lack of polish in my estimation, like, how do you guys not know that that's not reviewable? And that when John Harbaugh wanted to throw the, the red challenge flag, like you don't even have an option. It should, it should have been right up in front of, no, no, no. Like that's not, that's not something that's within the rule book. That's a lack of polish. Yeah, no, I, that was weird. That was weird. And by the way, that's weird on, on the referee crew, but I also think it's a, I just think it's a weird rule because when when Fox was explaining it with Dan Blandino or whatever his name is, Dean when he was <laughs> what, is it? What, is it? what is it, Bobby? 
I just, I love when we're live because like, you know, everybody gets a clear indication, like you and names just aren't a good combo. You know, like that's just not your thing. And, uh, it's just so funny because like you're a mother of four, your life's super busy. And I just always, I always find it so funny. My I'm, I'm one of four oldest of four. My mom obviously has four kids. And she would always, names were always difficult for her too. Like our names, like you go to, she's looking at me and she goes, Bobby, TJ, John, Bobby, you know, like, like she, or, or, you know, she'd say every, but every name besides mine. And I know you've done that too, because I've been on the speaker with you and your family before. It's just so funny. (laughs) Oh, I for sure run through all their names. And what people don't know is when we, on the recorded versions, when I'm hosting, and I'll sometimes be like, I'm Sarah Ellison with my partner. Um, yeah, right. Bob, Bobby Trossin. I'm, <laughs> I'm over here. Like, I'm right here, partner. I know I'm I know I'm in Maryland and you're in in Ohio, but I'm right here, you know. All right. What's his name, Bobby? What's his name? Dean Blandino. I said that. What did I say? No, you said you said and then you always do this too. Like you think you said it because you're so set on it, you're so locked in, but you didn't. You said Dan. Oh, okay. But I got his last name right, right? Oh my goodness. Yeah, that's all that matters. Okay. Yeah. I got his last name. Right. Okay. So back to, he explained that unless you're, he said, basically, if they call it out, then you can't review it because they can't advance it. And then he said, except for around the goal line. And so I'm like, why though? Like, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm supposing it has to do stuff with the clock, with the clock and all that. And so it's like, and, and it was the same thing with the, with the, um, with the forced fumble and Humphrey picked it up, they called it dead. Quit calling it dead because you can always take it back. But you, you can take back a touchdown, but you can't give a touchdown. If you call it dead, it's done. So don't, if there's any doubt in your mind, don't blow the whistle, then review it, and then you can bring it all the way back and say, okay, he was down. But after that point, like the defense is, is screwed because you already called it dead, and so they can't advance anything. It's it, And so – with both of them, it just got, uh, just quit blowing the whistle if there's any doubt. And then you can always bring it back. You can always bring it back. So, right. yeah, that was, and it just, and probably, I don't know, it was already, it was a bad game in and of itself, but coming off of that Buffalo Bills game where they were also terrible there. And you said that refs don't win or lose a game. They help it. Um, I guess that's true. I don't know if that's always true. Um, for the most part, it's true, but. I don't like to pretend that refs don't have an effect on the on the game. And this one, it wasn't a, a big effect because it was all fine. But in that Buffalo Bills game, it had a much, much bigger effect, especially when they called that roughing the passer at the end on Allen, but they didn't call similar stuff on Lamar. So I think coming off of that Buffalo game and then adding this to it, it just makes it makes it worse. All right, let's go to Q&A. Their portfolio is not looking great, too. And maybe that's the reason why they don't get big marquee games. Although Baltimore Buffalo is a pretty big marquee game. Well, and don't forget, uh, it, uh, they had the Ravens Super Bowl game the first time. Sure. Yeah. So they are getting big games. Now, will they yeah. Will they get Super Bowls anytime soon? Probably not. And let me tell yeah. you, speaking of, I think Fox has the Super Bowl this year. Um, oh, get it off your crew, chest. You're the broadcast critique guy. Let's get it off Sarah, your chest. Oh, my God. Like, I hate to be like too critical because these people put in a whole lot of work too. And I know how a broadcast production, we both know how broadcast productions are put together. This is like, you know, very extensive stuff, but between the game and the lack of, you know, lack quality that that was 
that was today's game combined with just a snooze fest that the broadcast crew was. The audio level seemed to be down a little bit. A lot of folks were reaching out to me over Facebook about that. And uh, I don't know. I just didn't I didn't feel like Mark Sanchez really. And I really like Mark. I think he's a good guy and obviously a, a decent broadcaster. But I didn't think he like added any value as a Tony Romo does. Right. As these analysts that are you know former players are supposed to do. So I, I don't know. I just thought it was one big mediocre day both like on field quality and broadcast quality but mediocre is probably a good word for it i didn't feel like it was as bad as that other fox one in the preseason where um that was greg olson and uh oh yeah well well, sean was at the halftime and then play-by-play in color was uh kevin burkhart who i really like and uh, greg olson the former tight end so yeah that was that was hopefully that was more of just like a you know rust type of thing preseason football but Okay, Q&A portion of, of tonight's stream. Thanks so much for being with us. As a reminder, if you haven't already done so, please consider subscribing and liking the video with that little thumbs up button, both of which are free. It allows us to continue bringing you daily content on all things Baltimore Ravens. Q&A, hit us with your questions if you haven't already done so, but I'm going to scroll up and get to a couple that we missed. Justin chimes in. You think we're going to activate... Deshaun Jackson to the roster to try and boost our offense. Obviously, he made his debut partner in New Orleans. When did he leave the game? Not, I think it was either in the late first half, early second half with that hamstring. So that could be a part of why he wasn't used today. But what do you think? Yeah, according to Jeff Zrebeck, uh, Deshaun Jackson didn't practice. We didn't know because he's on the practice squad. They don't have to put him on the injury report. So I didn't know what his practice availability was but I saw Jeff Strebeck respond to somebody today on Twitter so yes I think that they will activate him when he's healthy and then how long can he stay healthy for is the question he is 36 yeah okay Dustin, by the way can... Tanya fills, yeah. fills me by the way she understands what it's like to be a mom with these names I'm reading her comment yeah. she gets me she gets love me. it okay go ahead. love it you're relatable you're such a you're yeah. relatable <laughs> Dustin, do you contribute some of the sloppiness to this being the first freezing game of the year for this team? That to me just sounds like a bunch of load of excuses, honestly. I mean, look at what was going on in Buffalo. Now they couldn't play in six feet, but wouldn't that have been something for the, you know, the the, the television archive, Sarah, if they played that game in Orchard Park? That's insane. Like what's crazy about it too is for those of you who've been following along, like you know that I'm from Albany, which is like capital region area of New York. Like New York's a lot bigger than than I think some folks think, just based on how big it is on like an actual map. But it, Buffalo's like not that far away, okay. like two and a half hours or so, and yet they get dumped on with six feet, and we got like a few inches in Albany. It's insane. Um, I, I think it's excuses. Yeah, at the same time, um, I think in the past Lamar hasn't played as well at least in snowy games or rainy games, but this didn't have snow or rain. So we got to work through the wind. You got to work through that. And I thought, like I said, I thought his, all of his passes were accurate. So no, you, you got to, we're, we're not even at December football here yet. If that is the problem, they got to work through that real quick. Yeah. I had a nice little exchange over Instagram with, with our buddy Pat Ricard before the game. And, and I was joking with him fully knowing his answer, but I was like, Yo, so you going sleeveless today or what? And he goes, next question. You already know I'm going sleeveless. Come on, man. I shouldn't have even asked. 
Jeff today demonstrated again, yet again, that they need to bring in a receiver for a late run in January. When does EDC finally pull the trigger? Was this was this designed for Sarah and bring OBJ into the building? I'm go ahead. I'm not even answering this question. No, listen, there's not. Jeff is right. Jeff is right. No, they're, they're not bringing him in, though. He might be right. You might be right, but they're not bringing him in. There's just no chance. Well, now that I agree with. But Jeff is right. Right? Like I on. have a hard time seeing it happen unless the money works. I don't know. Like I just heard nonstop all last week about how much Dallas Cowboys want him. Listen, yeah. he's gonna have the pick of the litter. There's gonna be a pl- all playoff teams are gonna be like, Oh, you wanna come to us? Okay, because that just gives us another weapon in the playoffs. We're getting serious now. So he's gonna have assuming he's healthy. I don't even know what he looks like, but um, I would be shocked if the Ravens got him, Yes, but I think the Ravens should try to get him. Jeff is right, but it's not going to happen. So you're right. You're both right. Leave it at that. Collie Swerve. Where did you get that sweater, Bobby? So I walked in today uh-huh. to a, a nice little surprise from my friends at uh, charm city brand. I was a little welcome home gift from from those guys. So you can go check them out at Charm City Brand. It's really warm. It's nice. So thanks for the interest uh-huh. there. Heck, they hook a brother up but not a sister. I see how it is. I suppose they're they're a they're a partner on your other channel. I got it. I got it. They they and it may have been a shameless plug, but we're gonna get you involved now that I'm thinking about it. But he actually did have a question as well. And that is uh, a Ravens question, I should say. Where's Adafe Owe been? That to me is like a tape related question. I just, I don't feel comfortable answering that. Do you have anything on it or? Well, I don't know from this game, like you said, it is tape related, but I will say in past ones, that guy's getting held a lot. I mean, a lot, a lot, a lot. I bet if you Google Odafe Owe or, or search on Twitter, Odafe Owe holds, there's like people putting it together full videos of him being held. But that being said, I'm sure other outside linebackers being held too. And you know, that's a good question. And, and that doesn't mean he's not playing well or he's not doing other things, but it's not like he coming out of college was a big sack artist. He'd always get close. He put on a lot of pressure. So, you know, it's about finishing. So, um, this is a good one though. This is a good one to like, yeah. come back to an answer after looking at the film we should do that maybe yeah. we should do that for one of the segments of the of the morning ball this week because he's right he's right you know he's he's been yeah. a well, little quiet yeah. you know and some of that might be related to how well his peers are playing you know i we say this all the time or at least i've been saying it i think a little bit in the last couple of weeks is is his position group went from the thinnest and the weakest top down not just on the defense, like organization wide two months ago to now being like the marquee position group on this team. And it's led by a guy who was drinking out of the fountain of youth, Justin Houston, you know? So, and then they, they go in and, and get JPP and, you know, Tyus Bowser's back. Tyus Bowser, really I was football. just about to say, you know, yeah, Tyus, Tyus is like, how about that? He's guys just dove in right. He's, he's, he's dived right back in. Yeah. Yeah, his stat sheet doesn't look amazing, but there were a couple of times where like you saw him get pressures on and the ball had to be out. And again, his what what's good from him is is his coverage, uh, dropping back and setting edges oh, and yeah. all that kind of stuff. So the the stat book doesn't tell the whole story on him. I mean, he's 
you know, we talk about Roquan changing this this defense, but Tyce, uh, Bowser came in at about the same time. So it's it's the whole linebacker group, inside and outside linebackers, has just been turning up. Appreciate all the great questions here on our live stream. We are at the hour-long mark, so let's finish up with our our big picture items here and and any takeaways that we haven't yet discussed, partner. Um, okay, big picture items. I was reading some more of the comments there. Big picture items. Okay, so big picture items is the Ravens are going to continue to do this. They this is the time to work it out. They they have a weaker back half of the schedule. They've been through their harder part of their schedule. Um, I'd say what I'm going to keep watching is if I think the defense is going to keep dominating. So I don't know what the next real challenge is going to be for the defense. Uh, Jaguars aren't going to be like the big challenge. We'll we'll see. But if they, we just want to see them keep doing what they're supposed to be doing, giving up three points to to weak offenses. On the offense, if there's anything I'm concerned about, it's Ronnie Stanley's injury. Um, that's the only thing right now that is elevating to concern. Um, I hope to see Gus Edwards back next week. I want to see the run game return and the off the pass game will come in off of that. I want to see Lamar get back to distributing the ball more. Um, and so, and so that's what I'm kind of looking at. And I think that, um, I think that the Ravens are playing their cards right when it comes to injuries and they're just like playing it safe on everything because they now know like we're playing for January. That's what we're playing for. So we got we got the weaker teams on our schedule. They would never say it this way. They're going to respect all all opponents. But like, let's just keep building up. Let's just keep building up. And I just don't feel like they've unleashed themselves yet. No way have they come close to playing an A game yet. And I'm excited to see what that team looks like because right now the the, I don't know, as a team, maybe the best they've played is maybe a B level. Um, B minus B. Oh my gosh. Wait till we see a B plus, A minus, and then an A. I, I Eventually, once we get to the end of December and January, I want to see their A game. Yeah. With a seven and three record, no less. Not having oh, yeah. put that type and of performance Is Cincinnati over out. yet? You know? The 425 games as we taped this for the podcast. Let's see. 24 to 23. Just under three minutes to go in the third. Since he leads Pittsburgh. So come on. That'll Pittsburgh. be great to go check the go check yeah. the fourth quarter out on that one. But uh my big picture stuff, just you know, along those same lines. Let's see who's who's gonna make his his rookie debut first. Is it gonna be David Ajabo or Charlie mm-hmm. Kohler? You know, both guys are within that ramp up period that we've heard Harbaugh speak about at length and 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 very often with all the injured players over the last year or so, but specifically with these guys, just how young they are and being that Ajabo is coming back from, you know, a pretty significant and his body obviously isn't as developed as, as Tyus Bowser's is and was at the time of his injury, but they're both coming back from, from torn Achilles and quick turnarounds too. I mean, we, we don't talk about it enough that Tyus nine months after is back and he's playing really good football. So I uh, would love to, to see Ajabo make his debut next week. Perhaps Kohler's right behind him. And then, you know, hey, every day that we get closer to December, Sarah, means that, you know, Dobbins' timeline, coming back from that arthroscopic knee surgery, the follow-up procedure that that was required right before the bye week, 
uh, is coming. It's coming soon. So I think, you know, there's a pretty good chance that at some point next month, he's going to be back. And and hopefully that means that that Gus and, and his hamstring, they're just being careful with him because they know how important he's going to be, you know, a cog in this offense. And so, you know, uh, you're right. There's, there's a lot of room for optimism, despite how ugly today was, despite how imperfect of a season it's been so far through 11 weeks, seven and three, uh, a clear and and not decisive, but a, a comfortable lead atop the division. They're in a good place. Yeah, they are. They are. Just get it going. Get it going on offense. Got to bring it up. They'll be in a, they're, 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 they're just fine. They're just fine. So let's close it out there, partner. It's so good being back with you and just want to reiterate it again. I know everybody's, you know, really, really appreciated your efforts over the last 10 days to, to keep this thing alive and your patience and your late nights. And uh, still can't believe you didn't call me like in a frantic rush, you know, about anything technically on the back end. So you're a freaking saint for that. No, man, you're like acting like, listen, it wasn't that big of a deal. You've like thanked me like 10 times. It's all good. We're all going to be on vacations. It was, a, it was, I'm just happy that you got it. I appreciate you being, hey, it's Thanksgiving. We should all be grateful, right? So, Thanksgiving hey, week. I'm grateful for you. I think this is a great partnership we got going on. Yep. So I'm glad that yep. you had the bye week. I'll have my time. It's all going to work out, man. It's, it's good. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, you're going to get your time. I'm grateful for you too, for sure. Likewise. Happy Thanksgiving week to everybody. Obviously, uh, we're going to be next in action in terms of uh, live streaming and whatnot for the Jacksonville game next week. We'll have plenty of content coming your way as well this week. If you haven't done so already, as always, please tell a friend about what we're building here on the channel, on the podcast audio-only version. If maybe you tuned into this stream late, later than you would have liked, this will be available in audio-only form, maybe during your commute tomorrow, maybe during your lunch break, whatever, wherever you get your podcasts. Hit us up via email as well while you're at it with feedback, whether it's positive, negative, in the middle, whatever. We want to continue to improve our brand, continue to improve this podcast. Hit us up at BaltimoreRavensVault at gmail.com. So for my partner, Sarah Ellison, I'm Bobby Trossett signing off from this post-game edition of the Ravens Vault. Baltimore gets it done 13-3, improves to 7-3 overall through 11 weeks of football, sits atop the AFC North, and is in pretty awfully good position entering Week 12. Talk to you guys soon. Appreciate you.